0: He says, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, and he throws this in here, and he says, Though Jesus himself baptized not, but as disciples, you say, why would he throw that in there? Because of First Corinthians chapter one. Could you imagine if there had been a group of people in the Corinthian church that had been baptized directly, like by the Lord Jesus Christ? I mean, they were already uh, all uptight about, well, the Apostle Paul baptized me, and you know, he wrote thirteen books of the New Testament. And then the other one said, well, yeah, you know, but the Apostle Peter baptized me, and you know, he's the greatest, so the Lord really loved him. And then the other group says, <laughs> No, 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 no. Barnabas baptized me. Didn't you remember Peter denied the Lord three times? I wouldn't want him baptizing me. It was, a, it was a contention point in the early church. So could you imagine on top of that, if you had another group of people there in that saying, Oh, no. Uh, uh, Jesus baptized us. <coughs> you know, guys. And so he throws that in there just so nobody gets off on a side track, He says, And he left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Boy, I like that part. He must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, now he's pointing out the humanity side of Christ. Jesus is 100% God and 100% man at the same time. And so John, he's introducing you to the Lord Jesus Christ and that Jesus is God, but he's also showing you the humanity side of him. He said, Jesus got weary. And he says, he sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. That'll be 12 o'clock. Now, you're going to see why I said that here in a moment. Now, Jews, they they count time differently. Their day starts at 6 in the evening from the day before, and so you had your 12 hours, and then the next 12 hours starts at 6 in the morning, evening in the morning, first day. And so then he said they're about six hours in to the day on the daylight, which is 12. Then there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water, and Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. Now, here's why I said all that. And you all laugh and think about it. You'll you'll know where I got this. For his disciples were gone away under the city to buy meat. Why? Because Jesus ate at 12. That's why. (laughs) I've said that to somebody. I eat at 12, you know. So, you know, you you can have a fat pastor because, you know, he ain't going too long. He ain't going to skip too many, be late for lunch. I eat at 12, and so we got a lot of ground to cover this morning. I'm just kidding. Uh, Then saith the woman, not about eating at 12 though. "Uh, Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, how he is that thou being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews, they have no dealings with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. So the gift of God is a person. If you was having a daily devotion here, your Bible has declared a truth that the gift of God is a person, not a thing. People say, oh yeah, I got it. I got this salvation like it's a thing. No, salvation is a person living down on the inside of you, and it will change you, and you'll be different than you were before the Savior met you. And then he says, The woman saith unto him, Sir... Thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou better than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever, I love it, He didn't name a particular people group, you know. Uh, uh, Some people, they get caught up in that. Well, there's only a certain little elect group over here. He said, whosoever. Just believe your Bible. Whosoever. Whosoever. I love it. I love it right here. Jesus, a Jew, and here he is talking with a Samaritan woman, and she's half Jew and half Gentile, and so the Jews, they didn't have nothing to do with that group of people. And here's Christ, concerned for her soul. And he says, Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him, shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Amen. Ever renewing. And the woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. She's still thinking physical, physical, physical. And Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband. And come hither. He said, all right, go get your better half or your other half. Uh, It depends on who you are. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, And that sets thou truly. Let's pray this morning. Our gracious Father, we come. We thank you for this time. and Lord, help us open our eyes to the truth. Lord, we want to spend a little while just bragging on you, on why we love Jesus and why we love you. And Lord, maybe someone in here, their wood's a little wet. Maybe the devil's thrown some water on it this week and kind of, you know, just smoldering. Maybe this will be... Uh, something that can spark it back into a flame so they can burn for Jesus. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. So Christ here leading this woman, we call her the woman at the well. And this woman was a Samaritan, a Gentile, a lost woman of the world. She had had five husbands, and the one that she was living with now was not her husband's. Now, I wasn't, or not her husband, I wasn't trying to be mean, but I do have it in the notes because it's been on my heart because sometimes you'll hear whiffs of things and rumors like, well, if I decide to live with a man and I live with him long enough, he would be my husband. Not according to the words of Christ. This lady had had five husbands and the one she was living with now was not her husband. I'll let you take and meditate on that. It's a truth. And you can meditate and let the Holy Spirit open that up to you. We're not focused on that today. I'm not trying to be mean and nasty today. Uh, But I will say this by way of introduction. Jesus... Made sure that this woman was confronted about her sin problem. And today, any presentation of the gospel needs to have a confrontation with a sin problem that is in every human being on this planet. And anybody that wants to go around that and try to butter something up that, uh, hey, it's okay, and trick you into accepting Christ without you knowing that you're a sinner and you need Jesus, they're trying to sell you something. And we don't sell the gospel here. We must be born again because we were born lost. We must be born again... Because our Father, when we're born, I don't care if you're born in a Christian family or not, your Father is the devil. That's who's the God over you. That, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, the spirit of wickedness works in you if you've not been born again. And I don't care if you're a religious man, a Pharisee like Nicodemus. The Lord told him, he says, you must be born again. Now, that was a man who kept the law, who was blameless. And the Lord still looked at him and says, you must be born again. You've got a problem. Uh, You don't have the Holy Spirit of God living on the inside of you. But this woman here at the well, uh, most Baptist preachers and people and Christians wouldn't even give to who? For they would have bypassed her. If you were passing tracks out on the street, you wouldn't have give her one. She had a reputation. She was a man stealer. That's her reputation. I got news for you. Anybody's had uh, five, six husbands like this, and then living with somebody—they're a man stealer. Uh, it's the thing that the Gentiles do. That's uh, sin and depravity. That's where it goes. But this woman still had a soul. And the Lord was concerned. The Lord had come and was born of a virgin. The Lord died and He was crucified to save this lady. Even though she was a sinner. Here is God incarnate in the flesh. There's no darkness that dwells in Him. And He, on purpose... Said, I must needs go through Samaria. That is the omniscience of the Lord Jesus Christ. There was a preordained meeting that God knew that the woman of the well was going to be there at this particular time on this particular day, and He sought her out. Maybe we should stop looking down our noses at sinners and bring them to Christ. Amen. Amen. Maybe we should stop looking down our noses at people that are struggling, even after they're saved, with sin. Sometimes God gives certain people victory over sin, and other times it's a struggle. And it depends on how deeply you are in the Word of God and how much of the preaching of the Word of God you're going to saturate yourself with, There might be some times. I mean, after all, in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, he says, "Uh, You that are spiritual, if there's a brother that's been overtaken in a fault, and he said, brother, overtaken in a fault, that could be a sin. Ye that are spiritual, restore such a one. Uh, I think our churches could do well with a, a little more preaching on forgiveness. We're living in an age, uh, a day in an age, uh, where people don't want to forgive each other. And I got news for you, stick around me long enough, I'm sure you I'll do something that'll probably disappoint you. Now, I will not try to go out of my way to do that, but It could happen. And so as brothers and sisters in Christ, I might say something that might cut down on the inside of you or step on your toes, or the Holy Spirit might run me across something that is actually you're going through or you're doing, and you think I know because you think someone blabbed, and they didn't. You might get a little upset. We would do well to follow Christ. And how he looked at things because as Charles Spurgeon, the prince of preachers, asked a pastor who was struggling, they were in a city and he looked out an upstairs window and he asked this pastor, he says what do you see down there? And there was a bunch of people walking around busy with their day-to-day wonder. He said, well, I just see people. I see people running, uh, running around to and fro. And he says, you, sir, need to resign. You need to step down. Because when you lose sight that people are souls that need a Savior, there's a problem. Jesus cares about people. I'm glad Jesus... Cared about me. Now I got saved young. You know I've not lived uh, in in a in a lot of uh, sin and vice. I've never been held in the grips of 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 a narcotic or a drug. I don't know what it means to be drunk. Uh, uh, I I did, I was addicted to cigarettes once when I was a kid. Uh, I thought it was cool because my uncles, they smoked and there ain't nothing cooler than seeing the Marlboro Man. My grandpa was tougher than the Marlboro Man. He looked better in a cowboy hat when he, I'm not going there, we're not glorifying them things. Someone asked me the other day, you probably don't have no cravings every day. (laughs) Every day cup of black coffee and a cigarette Uh, some of you just all of a sudden you hadn't thought about that and now all of a sudden you you're not going to be able to quit thinking about that aren't you you see i told you i'd disappoint some of you right here the pastor uh, that said well i'm a man leads you right the wrong down the wrong path those things are bad i was addicted to those and, and 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 i didn't know what to do uh, it was so bad that anytime time—that's when they used to have cigarette commercials on billboards—we were driving on the way to church, and I'd begin to cry as I seen that cigarette commercial on the billboard. Mom, Dad, what is wrong with you? I was afraid I'd be in trouble. <laughs> well, I've been smoking cigarette butts. Where'd you get them? We live in the country. Uncle Mike (laughs) oh my soul yeah and I'm hooked and it's so bad that I can feel it crawls something crawling up and down my back my skin begin to itch and just twitch and it was so bad I was oppressed did we not preach on the oppressor yeah and there was no comforter for me (laughs) So dad said, I'll tell you what to do to get over that. Anytime that happens, you begin to pray. And you keep praying until that urge goes away. About three weeks later, it finally did. But from time to time, that comes back. But my point is, I got saved six-year-old boy. Now, six-year-old boy who's raised in a Christian home, in church every time the doors are open, he's not a real bad character unless you call lying, cheating, and stealing cookies bad, and God does, and so uh, we had a few issues we had to deal with uh, 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 during the preaching. God was, had met me there at the well and said, hey, uh, uh, we got some issues to talk about, and so we got that taken care of, but I'm glad Jesus cared about me. And, and I, I'm glad. Uh, uh, I, I love Jesus, and I, I hope you do. And so I want to give you a few points. This is why I love Jesus. And we can see them here in the text. Number one, I love Jesus because He found me. <laughs> he found me. Uh, people say, hey, I'm trying to find Jesus. <laughs> I found it. There used to be a bumper sticker that says, I found it. I got news for you. No, you didn't. <laughs> Jesus found you. This Bible says that there is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. You weren't looking for Jesus when you were lost. Jesus, come looking for you, and John chapter 6 says, No man, no man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me. Draw him, and I'll raise him up at the last day. You see, Jesus is who comes looking for you. That's a problem with a lot of this crowd. I don't think Jesus had come looking for them yet, and the fruit got picked green. That's why there's been no change in their life. Jesus didn't find them. They were looking and found something else, but it was a counterfeit Jesus because their life's never changed. They don't have victory over anything in their life, and they're still manifesting the works of the flesh. I'm glad He found me. I love Jesus because He found me. I was dead in trespasses and sin, even as a six-year-old. But Jesus came to me and convicted me. He found me and He changed me. Jesus paid the full price for me. He didn't pay part of the price. He didn't say, you know what, I'll go 50-50 with you, Todd. Uh, Jesus paid the full price for me. He went all the way to Calvary for me, and I'm glad He found me and saved me. Now, how many of you remember the day Jesus found you? Amen. You remember the day? I think they got a song that says, I remember the day. You can tell I love music. And I got to really, guys, I got to watch it because I just have singing. I, I love music. I love singing. I love specials. And I got to be very careful because, as a pastor, uh, the devil will sure make sure that you'll fall prey to one of three things money, maidens, and music. 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 <laughs> Musics. That's the problem you get into when you baby talk all week long with kids. They understand me fine. It's not a problem. Jenny understands it fine. It's not a problem until I get into the adult class. I start preaching. And I want to talk like a baby. You know, all oh, right. I'm sure glad Jesus loved me enough to find and save me. He saved and found this lady here. This woman. <laughs> All practical purposes, was uh, uh, was the offscouring of the world in that day. But Jesus, he come by. He said, "I must needs go through Samaria. I I, I got an appointment there. There's a soul there. Jesus could see the soul, and that lady's soul was a precious. You know, I love Jesus because he feeds me. Oh, some folks." <laughs> You're starving to death spiritually. I was trying to help some of you with that. Uh, You need to get fat in the Lord. Uh, God wants you to eat so you won't die. And I believe some of you are spiritually anorexic. Yes, now you can tell I've beat anorexia. I want a t-shirt that says that. But some of you are spiritually anorexic anorexic you think that spiritual high spiritual cholesterol is a bad thing you know spiritually speaking some of you look like you're living in a devil's concentration camp and loving it you've been around these people they're always on a diet someone was talking to me the other day says as long as I've known her she's been on a diet Yeah, I know who it was. I won't name the name now. (laughs) I assure you, it's an individual who does not need to be on a diet, nor ever has had the need to be on a diet. You've been around those kind of people? Always on a diet. It's like, you know, the whole ideal behind a diet is that you've got some fat that you need to get rid of. You know, if you got a bad stomach bug, they'd have to put you in the hospital because you'd dehydrate in 40 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Some of you don't get enough old-fashioned preaching. God commanded the preacher to preach, preaching God's Word, spiritual food. Uh, This is why so many Christians, they fall out of the race. They're too weak. Oh well, preacher, I don't want too much preaching. One time a week's all I can want to eat. I just want to stay little and petite for Jesus. Lean and mean. Yeah, I wouldn't call that lean and mean. You know, preacher, I get too much preaching, it might change me. God might see me healthy and want to use me. Yeah. I think a lot of us want to be anorexic spiritually because you don't want God to use you. It's like, I I can't use them for nothing. They they wouldn't last 10 minutes in the spiritual battle. You couldn't even put the whole armor of God on, you couldn't hold it up. You see, a lot of Christians today just want a little sermonette. I I just need a little bit. A little sermonette. A little green. Designed for a Christianette. You know where I'm going. Because so I've already been on it. So they can keep smoking their cigarettes. Yeah. I want you to touch on nothing. I want you to preach on nothing. They just need a little bit, you know. It's kind of like putting a bag of M&M's in front of me so you can only have two of them a day. Yeah, right. <laughs> sure. You mean two when you're watching or what? <laughs> <laughs> that's how we should be about the preaching and the word of god i don't know about you but i like god's buffet <laughs> watch him swamp people that louisiana i like that buffet i hope the marriage supper of the land is a buffet I'm telling you, I I had somebody upset. I think it was you, Sass. We're talking about the Jewish dietary law. You know, we're going to be in heaven. And she's like... No shrimp, but, but Daddy, I thought you preached over there that God let down that sheep of sheet of all manner of unclean beast to Peter to teach him that you call not what I've made common or unclean. Say, Amen, sister. Thanks for recalling that. I was all upset getting ready to start depression. I got to have ribs, <laughs> chicken and ribs and shrimp. I hope it's on God's buffet over there at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Maybe you'll only get a plate the same size as the spiritual plate that you would eat from down here. Just in case, I don't have no scripture to back that up. That just hit me in the moment. I need more preaching. <laughs> I want my plate full. You ever Anybody been with me at the Chinese buffet? Yeah, <laughs> Brother Will has. Yeah. Nobody else? They don't make plates big enough. That's how we need to be. About the Word of God and the things of God. I love Jesus because He feeds me. I love Jesus because He found me. I love Jesus because He freed me. Yeah, Amen. Remember that old song, He Set Me Free? Sin had chains on me. Sin has chains on you if you're lost. And then, even after you're saved, you could yield your members to the flesh, to sin, and the devil can put the chains of sin back on you even as a child of God. Now, that's if you allow it. You know, some of you are in the devil's chains, whether that be to pornography, drugs, alcohol, lying, anger, unforgiveness. I don't know why I've been on that. Maybe somebody here needs to hear that about forgiveness. You know, the Lord commanded. He said, "That's how you'll know. The world will know that you're saved. That you'll have love one for another. Be forgiving and kind." I'm glad He freed me. Even if you're saved and the devil has gotten you in the chains because he's deceptive and he's locked you back down and taken you captive. God can break those chains again. He can. You know, I don't care what has you tied down. God can free you. He freed this woman here. He freed me. He can free you. And I've heard plenty of testimonies that God freed people from the bondage of sin That they were in. I love Jesus because He freed me. I love Jesus because He fires me. You know, this woman, she walks away saying, Come see a man. He told me everything that I've ever done. This is the Christ, the Messiah. She got fired up that day. She met the Savior, she changed. You know, people have said to me in years gone by, you know, you're just a little too fanatical about God, the Bible, and church. You're just taking a little too serious. I tell them it's in my bones. Jeremiah said, you know, and pastors can relate to this. A lot of times Mondays, pastors, they're done. I'm out, you know, (laughs) I'm out. But somewhere around Tuesday, Wednesday, there's something burning down on the inside of you. And you know that there's another message. There's more ministry that God wants you to, to, to do. What I'm saying is, God's gonna fire you if you're a child of His. He's gonna fire you. I love Jesus because He fired me. I want to be addicted to the ministry. The Bible says this about this family. And First Corinthians 16, about verse 15, it says, I beseech you, brethren. You know the house of Stephanus, that it is the firstfruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. That you submit yourselves unto such, and to everyone that helpeth with us and laboreth. You know? If you spend any time in an addictions program, you might be familiar with the term I'm getting ready to use, there a lot of times they'll tell you if you're trying to beat one addiction you need to trade it in for another addiction now they might have a fancy scientific term for that but it's a trade-off one time i figured i would stop drinking coffee so i started drinking hot tea it worked i stayed on that for a year and then i willingly went back into bondage to coffee (laughs) i love coffee i like the way it smells taste i drink it black i i i can drink it cold hot i don't care give me some coffee i like it i enjoy it but you know some of you could do well to trade in your sinful addictions for a godly addiction you know there are godly addictions as in ministry one of my goals visions for this church and, and what was behind me Given the heads of the house and the families church keys. And I know maybe you shouldn't do that to everybody because then if somebody gets mad, leaves church, they ain't got to change the church locks. I got it. I understand it. But my ideal behind that is I wanted you all to get addicted to the ministry of the church and that there would be church members here in and out every day. Serving God, whether you come in and take tracks off the track rack, you come in, you're working around here, you're doing something around here, but you are going to addict yourself to the ministry, the saints. Some of you would do good to do that. Some of you are cold on God, but hot on the devil. Some of you are burned out Christians. You know, you don't have to be burned out, just burn for Jesus. There's too many Christians played out today. We need some folks that are still burning for the Lord. You need to get on fire again. And you've heard me say this. Don't miss too much church around here. Don't stay cold on God too long because when you get back, there'll be a whole another group of people that's on fire for God, that's going to do what God wants them to do, and they're going to move forward for God. Just like the children of Israel in the wilderness, the moms and the dads didn't want to go into the land of Canaan, so God says, I'll let your carcasses rot in the wilderness, and I'll take your children in. Yeah, it's biblical. I'm working with the kids. I'm not upset with the parents. I'm glad you're bringing them. You know, and I I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know if I should say this or I shouldn't say this, but Jen's got the fastest growing part of the church right now. She told me the other day that she might need a bigger Sunday school class. I said, make do with what you got. (laughs) Take one of those tables out of there. And some of you parents have stepped up to that challenge and says, no, I want my child there. Sunday school class. I'm going to tell you it's important. They need to be saturated with the gospel, with somebody that loves them, that will work with them and teach them songs about Jesus and the Bible. Somebody who's on fire for God, to fire them up for God. Oh, yeah. We need to ask God to give us the fire back. Some of you, the devil stole your shout. You know, it's okay to shout in the house of the Lord. It's okay to sing amen. I think Jen, next year, if not this year, she's getting you ladies hankies. And that means you're going to have to wave them. Not to blow your nose on. (laughs) To wave them. Shout amen. Amen. The devil stole your shout, and you need to take it back. Don't let the devil have it. You need to go hog wild for Jesus. It's easy to go hog wild for everything else. I love Jesus because he found me. I love Jesus because he freed me. I love Jesus because he feeds me. Amen. I love Jesus because he fires me. Now, let's go hog wild for Jesus. Let's get addicted to the ministry. Now, that's how, why I love Jesus. Now, we, we could go on for days. I hope you have some reasons why you love Jesus and that Jesus is real to you. But this is why I love Jesus. Let's all stand this morning.